Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the Jayhawker Talker podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Mark Van Sickle, and I'm so happy to be with you today hosting this podcast on Kansas Athletics. It's a brand new podcast. Like I said, with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network, I'm really excited to be doing this. Just started writing with Heartland College Sports, and you can check out my first article at heartlandcollegesports.com. You can check out all the articles that they have up at heartlandcollegesports.com. A lot of good stuff there, so go ahead and check that out if you have not yet. This is the debut episode of the Jayhawker Talker podcast, and I'm very excited to get this thing rolling. It's going to be an introductory podcast. I wanted to take a little bit of time to dive into the history books with you. Maybe not too deep into the history books, but both on the Jayhawks, the Kansas Jayhawks, and how I became acquainted with the Kansas Jayhawks. So without further ado, let's get into the Jayhawker talker history. If you don't know about the Kansas Jayhawk history, you probably some of you probably do. If you're listening right now to a Jayhawk podcast, a Kansas Jayhawk podcast, you probably know the history of the Kansas Jayhawk, but... If you're a family member or a friend who's just listened to this podcast because you want to be nice to me, which I do appreciate, by the way, let's get into the history. So the term Jayhawk first came around in the 1850s. It was the militants in the free state, now known as Kansas, fighting against pro-slavery groups from Missouri. And as most of you listening right now know, there was a hatred. There still is sometimes a hatred between Kansas and Missouri, but... Back then, the Kansas and Missouri hatred really came down to being slave state versus not a slave state. I'm glad we don't have that issue anymore, of course, but that's how it all started. They started calling these Kansans Jayhawkers, and it's been nearly 175 years since that happened. It's really a shame that Mizzou moved on to the SEC, honestly, because the Kansas and Missouri rivalry was so good, so, so good as a college rivalry. And I know they're trying to bring it back. They've had a couple exhibition games in basketball. They might try to bring it back in football. It would be great to see both teams play Arrowhead. I know that the Kansas football team, you know, isn't isn't the greatest program in the Big 12. The, the Missouri football team isn't the best squad in the SEC. But seeing them play again at Arrowhead would be quite fantastic. Or even if they did a home-at-home, home, it would be fantastic. But anyway, back to my historical point. When the Civil War ended, the term Jayhawker became synonymous with people from Kansas. Today, the modified version of the name Jayhawker is shortened to Jayhawk. The nickname for the people born in Kansas is Jayhawk. The mascot at the University of Kansas is the Jayhawk. So there it is. That is the history of the name Jayhawk and Jayhawker. That is why I'm calling this the Jayhawker Talker podcast because it just makes sense. The Jayhawker Talker Podcast. Hope you guys will enjoy this as we get rolling with it. But for this opening episode, the debut, I just wanted to give you a little bit of history also with me and the Kansas Jayhawks because I'm hosting this podcast. I'm sure you're curious how I became a Kansan, I guess, how I became a Jayhawk, which I I did not attend the University of Kansas. I know that Some people would think that that should be a prerequisite for this type of job or this hosting duty, but I have lived in Kansas for 30 years, so I consider myself an adopted son here in Kansas, uh, an adopted Jayhawk, if you will. My family moved 
here from the West Coast to the Kansas City area, Olathe, Kansas, actually, in the early 90s. And when we moved to Kansas, I I honestly didn't know what a Jayhawk was. I, I didn't know much about the state of Kansas when we moved here. I was uh, just a, a kid going into first grade, not even, you know, seven years old yet. So as we moved out here, as we're driving across the prairie in Kansas, you know, you know how it goes, driving from the West Coast, which is where my family was from. We were coming all the way across uh, several states, you know, you're going over Idaho, you're getting into, uh, Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, and then, and then we're in Kansas. We're driving across the sweet plains of Kansas. And it, 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 it got me thinking about, all right, what, what's there to do in Kansas? Well, I would soon learn that Kansas basketball is, is one of the great things of Kansas. But before I get there, when we moved to Kansas, my, my knowledge of college basketball was, was fairly small. I mean, I was just a child at that point, but my, my knowledge of college basketball was the Fab Five of Michigan. Uh, just recently, Chris Weber had his infamous timeout where he got a technical foul. The, the Michigan team didn't have any timeouts left, and they ended up not winning the championship that year. Great team, um, made it to the Final Four, but couldn't win the championship. So that that's kind of where my eyes had been on college basketball to that point. Also, I guess... Uh, the UNLV running Rebels with Larry Johnson, I think. That was that was also a fun team that I watched when I was a kid. But that's all really I knew of college basketball at the time. So moving to Kansas, that, that was going to open my eyes to uh, college basketball and what college basketball really could be all about. But also for college football, my knowledge of college football when we moved to Kansas was essentially Nebraska football. I know Nebraska, part of the big... 12 for a while, of course, a part of the Big 8 before that. The Big 6, if you go back even farther before I was born. But moving to Kansas, uh, I, I like I said, I didn't have a great knowledge of Kansas football. But uh, Nebraska football was a thing that my family was really entrenched in. My mom was from Omaha, Nebraska. Her side of the family, they had season tickets. Um, at that point in my life, I had not attended a Nebraska football game yet, but um, when we moved to Kansas, I would get a chance to go to some Nebraska football games. But when I was a child living in Oregon, we attended an Oregon State Arizona State football game, and I remember what I remember about that is first of all, the mascots uh, were terrifying. It was a sun devil and a beaver, and I, I don't know if you ever want to get a sun devil and a beaver in a room together, but that is just as a kid that was absolutely terrifying to me seeing those two mascots run after each other. But also it was terrifying because both of those teams were absolutely horrific, terrible football teams. So I I had a knowledge of some bad football. I had a knowledge in the early 90s of some good football with Nebraska. But um, moving to Kansas, it, it, it brought me to an appreciation of what was then known as the Big 8. And, and it was... Only living when when we moved to Kansas, uh, living in Olathe, Kansas. Back then, it was you know about a forty five minute drive to Lawrence. Uh, now it only takes about thirty minutes because they've raised the speed limits. You know that that helps you get places faster. But it's being close to the University of Kansas. I thought you know this could be a team that I eventually root for. I, I was obviously a Nebraska fan first, but you know maybe I could root for Kansas on the side. Maybe I I, I hadn't quite got to that point yet, but I thought maybe that's something that I could 
jump into it at some point. Now, I grew up reading the sports page in the newspaper every day, looking at scores, looking at box scores, scores, football, basketball, baseball. It didn't matter. I, I just wanted to immerse myself into the local sports here in Kansas City. So going through all that, I do remember vividly one time the calendar was turning to March and the entire town started getting excited for the Big 8 basketball tournament here in Kansas City. It was held here every year. And in elementary school, at least where I went to school in Olathe, teachers got really excited for the Big 12 tournament. I know there was a lot of teachers that went to KU, that went to K-State, some that went to Iowa State, some that went to Mizzou that were over on the Kansas side now. Just back then, the Big 8 tournament just seemed like a huge thing. to, me. And it was a huge thing at the time. Just like the Big 12 tournament now is a huge thing to Kansas City. But at the time, it was the Big 8 tournament. And and going through the Big 8 tournament, you still had that Friday of the Big 12 tournament. Everything just kind of seemed to shut down, at least in my mind as a kid. I wasn't driving it. I don't know if everything shut down. But in my classroom, when I was a young kid, they'd bring out if – you, if you grew up in the 80s, early 90s you know what I'm talking about when the teacher starts rolling out the cart with the TV on it you know something fun's gonna happen either you're gonna watch Bill Nye the science guy or you're gonna watch some college basketball that's what it was in my class at least so on the Friday of the Big 12 tournament or the Big 8 tournament at the time we would get to watch some college basketball in class and that was just like a holiday to me as a as a kid who loved sports and loved basketball loved college basketball loved playing basketball out on the playground during recess so it was a good time if a teacher didn't have access to a TV at the time on the cart, maybe if another teacher was using it or whatever, my my teacher would turn on the radio. We'd listen to the radio broadcasts of the Big 12 tournament. You know, and these these teachers, maybe if they they did attend KU and their team wasn't playing until later, they'd still turn it on and we'd listen to Colorado versus Iowa State in early in the day or whatever it was at the time. And so I just have a lot of fond memories growing up here around Kansas City with the Big 8. And then, of course, as as would happen, it would turn into the Big 12. And, and this was when Roy Williams was the coach at the University of Kansas. Roy Williams, of course, legendary coach, uh, college basketball Hall of Famer, national champion, unfortunately, uh, you know, didn't get one for the University of Kansas, but... He was a great coach nonetheless. This was peak Roy Williams time. And as a kid, this was about 1996, 1997. I was blessed to be able to go to my very first Kansas Jayhawks basketball game at Allen Fieldhouse, the mecca of college basketball. You just you can't can't get any better in a college basketball arena than the University of Kansas. There's just that that's not me being biased here. That is just a known fact around college basketball. Ask any unbiased person that has been to Allen Fieldhouse, they'll tell you that that is the mecca of college basketball. But anyway, as a kid walking in there, I was going to attend a Nebraska versus Kansas game. Now, you, you could be asking yourself, "All right, Mark, earlier in the podcast you said you were a big Nebraska fan. Who were you cheering for as you walked in there?" Honestly, I walked into Allen Fieldhouse wearing Nebraska gear. And, and if you've ever, ever been to Allen Fieldhouse, there, there is hardly any visiting uh, fans in, in the arena. It's all Jayhawk 
crimson and blue. That that's that's just what it is. That's there. There's no opponent fans in there. Maybe some parents of the opposing team, but that's it. They're, you're not letting other people come into Allen Fieldhouse and, and cheer for the other team. So anyway, I was probably one of maybe a handful of Nebraska fans in there. And by the time the game ended, I got to be honest, I was wearing a KU hat by the time it ended because it just blew my mind. The the history, the the buildup to the game, watching the players run out of that tunnel, um, the pregame warmups, everything, and, and and it was it was a great game too. By the way, it was it was the Tyron Lou led Nebraska Cornhuskers going up against Jock Vaughn, Jared Hass, Rafe LaFrance, Scott Pollard, Paul Pierce. That team was absolutely loaded for the Jayhawks, and and Tyron Lou, I, I got to give him credit. He had an incredible game. They actually Nebraska actually took KU to overtime in that game. KU ended up winning the game. And I believe at the time of that win, they were still undefeated on the season, maybe 20-0, 21-0, 22-0, something like that. But, man, they Kansas won the game in overtime, 82-87. I'll, I'll never forget going to that game. It, it was it, it was really an incredible transformation because I, I went into the game thinking, all right, I'm cheering for Nebraska. This is going to be no big deal. And by the end of the game, I was cheering after KU won because I just thought it was such an incredible environment, incredible team, an incredible basketball experience. And how can you walk out of Allen Fieldhouse not cheering for the Jayhawks? It's just pretty much an impossible task, especially for a kid who at the time I'm maybe like 10, 11 years old and and just enjoying that atmosphere. But it it just seemed like for me, that's when I transformed from, I, I still, I was still a Nebraska fan, but KU basketball just became something that I had to watch, either the games on TV or on the radio. I had to follow along with Kansas basketball. And by the end of the season, they they ended up finishing this the, the season 34-2, and one of the best college basketball teams, in my opinion, of all time, with that lineup with LaFrance. Paul Pierce, Jacques Vaughn, everything. They they just had they just had somebody at every position that year. They had a pretty deep bench too. But that was my first time experiencing March Madness heartbreak. And all of you K, KU fans listening to this podcast right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about in that 1997 March Madness. When KU played Arizona and lost in the Sweet 16. What a gut punch that was. As a new fan, a newly invested Kansas fan, getting the punch to the gut like that. Of course, you have a lot of those experiences. Not just KU fans, but any fan. Only one fan or only one team wins the championship every year. So, you're you're going to be you're going to have that heartache more often than not when it comes to March Madness. But that was my first experience. A Kansas team that was the number 1 rated team all year long only had two losses on the season, was supposed to run their way through the tournament and win the national championship, and then they lose to Lute Olsen. And all I can't remember all the guys on that Arizona team, honestly. I just I try to block it out of my memory. But it, it was a tough loss. Arizona went on to win the championship. All KU fans to this day still believe that Kansas should have beat Arizona and won the championship that year. A lot of experts think that that is the best college basketball team to never make the final four and 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 you can make an argument for that I, I wouldn't disagree with it at all one of the best college basketball teams I ever saw obviously in person I was able to see him at Allen Fieldhouse that that year they they changed my view of college basketball quite literally so I became a fan of a team that I wasn't before so anyway from that point on 
I followed college basketball and Kansas basketball so much more closely. I was invested watching as many games as I could, taking the wild ride that is, you know, Kansas basketball every year. It's it, it's something it's something that you ride and die with the team. You really do through every game. You know, even if they're you could get you might even have to get ESPN Plus if you want to watch the games. I know it's it's tough to do. It's tough it's a tough thing to say. It's tough to sell sometimes, but the hardcore fans, you're buying ESPN Plus. You want to see every Kansas game that you can. If you if you don't have ESPN Plus, you're tuning in on the radio. You're listening every game. And it's just something that, that I've gravitated towards and really really enjoyed following the team since that that 97 season. And they've had some good teams. I'm going to get into that in some future podcasts for sure. I I'm going to go through some of those great teams and 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 what happened to some of those teams. Maybe they didn't make it to the championship or maybe, you know, teams that did get to the championship maybe they weren't expected to but as a as a Kansas fan you you know how that works you know how that rolls so uh, being invested in the program I I do have um I have followed a variety of their athletic programs so your football I I follow Big 12 football back in the day Big 8 football it's it's KU football is is one of those things that you you know going into the season at least the the past decade or so a little bit more than a decade it's just you know going into the season you're you're just trying to get to basketball season. That's that's how it goes for for KU football right now. They're t- they're trying to f- pull it around Lance Leipold and every everything with his recruiting, hopefully getting some good recruits now with the uh, NIL and trying to get people to go from one school to the other. There's so many recruits right now that you can get in basically what I like to call college free agency now. It's it's the transfer portal, but it's basically like college free agency. So hopefully Leipold can get some guys here, uh, get the program back on track. But no, it's been a little bit of a rough stretch here uh, for the KU Jayhawks uh, football team. But hopefully they'll be back on track soon. I I've followed uh, their historic track and field program. I know we're not going to have a ton of track and field to talk about on this podcast, but I, I do love the history there in that program as a former former uh, runner myself, former. Uh, collegiate track and cross country out uh, runner in the NAIA. I, I, I attended uh, Mid American Nazarene University in Olathe and ran in cross country and track there. But yeah, I've followed uh, the track program, the cross country program there at at um, at Kansas. It, the the Kansas Relays is always a huge event every year. I always like uh, enjoyed going to that. Got to participate in it a couple of times in high school and college as well inviting a lot of local schools from around the area. So it's the KU Relays is always a great time there. Had a had a friend in high school who went to play golf at KU, a childhood friend of mine, uh, was on the rowing team at KU. Uh, I have a, an acquaintance with a guy who's actually on the baseball and softball broadcast. He does uh, some announcing there at KU. So maybe eventually I'll have uh, some guests on the show to interview, but uh, just those are some of my ties that I have to KU a lot of local ties, and of course, uh, it's fun to you know bring some of these stories to life from the athletic department. I'm hoping to do that through this podcast. We'll see where it goes from here, but uh, I just wanted to thank you all for listening to this first debut episode of the Jayhawker Talker podcast. I think next week I'm going to dive into this past college basketball season for Kansas basketball, their championship run from the season. How did they get there? And how can they get back on top of the mountain in 2023? That's going to be the question going forward here for the Kansas Jayhawks. So 
Hopefully you'll join me next time. Hopefully you enjoyed this first episode. My name is Mark Van Sickle. You've been listening to the Jayhawker Talker podcast. It's a podcast in affiliation with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'll be continuing to write articles there over at heartlandcollegesports.com, so check that out. And until next time, rock chalk, Jayhawk.